Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable Conversations. Typically, this is the moment of the show where I take a few minutes to acknowledge that the lands upon which I gather, work, and connect is the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, specifically the Kwantlen, the Samiamu, the Katsi, and the Tawasan First Nations. It's important for me to acknowledge that because I grew up in British Columbia. I was born and raised in Alberta, but I've been here since I was 13 years old. And one of the things that I learned in Alberta was about the Cherokee nations and how much that they sacrificed so that the colonizing nations could thrive. So acknowledging the fact that the lands that I am on are unceded, that they were stolen from the indigenous communities that were first built on this land is important because it's my way of saying thank you for your sacrifice so that I can be here. The indigenous cultures of Canada sacrificed everything, not by choice, mind you. They lost their names, their heritage. They were forced to cut their hair. They were ripped away from their parents. They were ripped away from everything that they knew so that white settling colonizers could take over and control them. That is something as a woman of color and a mixed race woman and a black woman that I understand deeply. This is my introduction to season two, and I'm really excited about it because I get to talk about why this season matters. And I get to do it by myself with an aid of some music <laughs> and some cannabis. Um, but I really get to spend time letting the audience get to know who Devin J. Hall is. I took a break from the podcast in January and late December because I really needed to answer some questions. I needed to figure out what this podcast had to say, what the Comfortably Uncomfortable brand was all about. I needed to think about what the purpose was, what the intent was, what did I want the audience to come away from having experienced, what did I want their experience to be like, what did I want them to say about the podcast when it was over. And in thinking about that, I came to realize that I want people to feel educated, inspired, pushed, challenged, heard. Growing up, I didn't feel like my voice mattered. When I would be sexually abused or traumatized, I wouldn't say, this is what is wrong with me. When doctors would tell my mother that I had behavioral problems due to mental health issues, I didn't know how to say that those mental health issues had developed as a result of abuse. And because I didn't know how to say that, the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. And so they wrongly diagnosed me with ADHD and psychosis. Now that I know how to say those things, I don't feel so powerless. And being powerless has been a constant in my life. I have constantly felt powerless. I have constantly felt unreachable. I have constantly felt not good enough. I have constantly felt anxious and scared and isolated. I've always felt more comfortable in my own company. Because when I am by myself, I don't have to pretend. I don't have to put on airs. I don't have to fake it until I make it. Loudmouthbrowngirl.com, ironically, was all about faking it till I make it. When I started that website, I was mentally disabled. And I'm using that phrase on purpose. I wrote this on my blog recently. My brain shut down 
I got to the point where being arrested for having a panic attack was such a triggering effect and experience that it forced me to really be like, Devin, what are you doing with your life? Are you doing what you want to do? Are you really happy or are you just pretending to be happy? I was volunteering for organizations that didn't appreciate me, that I didn't appreciate being a part of, who were doing things in ways that I did not like, that I did not approve of, but at least I was doing something. I'm being productive. I'm helping the world, so it's okay, but I'm not happy. That doesn't matter. My work suffered. I wasn't as productive as I could have been. I wasn't as creative. I wasn't as fun to be around as I thought I was. I was self-deprecating. I was mean. In some cases, I was downright abusive for years because I was a traumatized person who didn't understand that I was traumatizing other people with my behavior because I didn't know what the word trauma meant. I had never used it up until about three years ago. Meanwhile, I was helping traumatized people try and get into recovery. Explain that mental mindfuck. I probably did a lot of those people disservice. But I helped some people too. I helped some people get clean and sober. I helped them find places where they could go to get clean and sober, where they could go to find a support system. I did what I could do with what I had been given. And while it might have been enough for some people, it's certainly not enough for me because I know that I could have done better. And Loudmouth Brown Girl is my way of doing better. It's my way of saying, look, I fucked up. I was not the nicest person. I was not the kindest person. I was not the funnest person. I was playing a role. I was pretending to be the person that I thought everybody else wanted me to be. So I didn't have to deal with how bad things were. And in thinking about what I wanted season two to be, I realized that I didn't just want to have conversations for the sake of having conversations so that I could create content so that I looked like I was being productive. I wanted season two to say something. I wanted it to be about embracing all of the parts of myself that are ugly and scary and frustrated and anxious and isolated and alone. But I also wanted it to be a place where I could come and celebrate and dance in joyous love. Today, prior to recording this podcast intro, I had a conversation with my psych nurse and she said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing so great. And I have all these wonderful things going on in my life. And I listed them one after the other, after the other, after the other. And the more that I talked, the more I realized I'm not just telling you these things because I want you to think that I am okay. I'm telling you these things because I'm okay. Four years ago, when I started Loudmouth Brown Girl, I felt like I was standing on a beach watching the storm come at me watching a tsunami of emotions that I was not prepared to deal with flying at me. I felt like I was looking at this tsunami and screaming out loud, help me, help me, help me. I'm alone and I'm scared and I don't know what to do or how to get there. 
I don't know how to get to safety. Creating the podcast came after George Floyd died when I realized I was really not okay again. I had done all this work on myself. I had started doing five minutes of cleaning a day and started talking about all of the reasons that I was grateful. And I had started reaching out to other people and saying, are you feeling this way too? But when George Floyd died and I saw that video on Chris Cuomo's show, I realized I'm still alone. Yeah, I've got people on Twitter and on Facebook and who people who read my blog, but I am still alone. On Twitter, on my blog, people who bought my book, people who follow me on Facebook, everybody is white and I am alone. All of the people I followed on Twitter were white. I didn't know any black creators. I didn't know any black artists. And I made a concentrated effort to find some. I found uh, Ali from Writers and and Editors of Color, an amazing group of writers and editors and creatives who work at Medium and who are uh, showcasing their voices and sharing their stories and proclaiming to the world, we are not okay, we are not perfect, and we need help. Who are saying to the world, I'm here to help you. I found Afro-Canada Bud Sisters, an amazing group of women who are strong and powerful and beautiful and wise mothers and daughters and sisters and nieces and cousins, grandmothers and aunties, friends, doctors and teachers and lawyers, educators and growers and Women like myself dealing with mental health issues who have been gang raped and traumatized and terrorized and abused by men, specifically by white men. And I wasn't alone anymore. Every week, the Bud Sisters meet up for a mental health check-in. Some weeks, I am amazing. And everything is going my way. And some weeks I look at the screen and I see all these beautiful melanated women in all these different shades. And I think they look nothing like me, but they are like me. And sometimes when Kadisha posts the bud sister of the week, I see a girl that looks like me. And she's asking, how do I deal with mental health issues? She's asking, how do I roll a joint? I had nobody to teach me how to roll a joint. And I'll tell you something. I still can't roll a fucking joint. They still pregnant as hell. My bud sisters teach me and push me and challenge me. They make me see the world in ways that I wouldn't have otherwise. Education is teaching me about the plant of cannabis, the magic that is the science behind the plant. They are teaching me to ask questions that I didn't think to ask when I first started smoking weed. Joe Patrone is teaching me to embrace my inner nerd and accept that I don't know everything about the superheroes that I love. Siren St. Sin is teaching me how to accept my womanhood as she learns how to accept her her androgynousness. She is teaching me how to embrace my sexuality, my black 
beautiful bisexuality. She is teaching me to remember the girl who knew that submissives hold power over dominance. To remember the girl who was sure and strong and powerful and unafraid and unapologetic. And she's a white woman, for the record. I am learning how to approach the brand of Devin J. Hall with the understanding that beneath the brand is a woman who is strong and wise and courageous. And beneath the woman is a child who is happy and excitable and lovely and creative and funny and silly and goofy and scared. The death of Ahmed Arbery, George Floyd, Brianna Taylor made me realize that if I did not accept the color of my skin, if I did not learn to work with it, and to be proud of it, then I could die just like them. When I was arrested for having a panic attack and they put those cuffs on me, I said what George Floyd said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't catch my breath. I lived, he died. There is purpose in that for me and sorrow. Why am I alive? Why am I here? Why am I still suffering? Why am I still alone? Why do I still feel like the world doesn't care about me? There are people that tell me that I am part of their healing journey, that I am their anchor, that I keep them going. How can I keep them going when I can't keep myself going? These are the questions that I want comfortably uncomfortable conversations to answer. I want people to leave every single week of this episode thinking that they have learned something or that they have seen something in themselves that they didn't see otherwise. I want them to feel empowered, educated, inspired, pushed, challenged even. I want them to agree. I want them to disagree. I want them to love me. I want them to hate me. I want it all. I want my voice to be heard on the record so that nobody can ever say, why did you not speak up? Why did you not say something? Why did you not feel the need to put your voice on the record, Devin? I want my voice on the record. Season two, I have a lot of hopes for. I have a lot of excitement for. I am working on each each episode has different album artwork because I want you to see the faces of the people that I'm talking to. I don't want you to just picture them behind the, the speakers in your car or in your headphones. I want you to actually be able to look and see that is Siren St. Sin, a sexy, badass, beautiful woman who sees herself as androgynous, actually, who sees herself as strong and beautiful and sexy, who sees herself as somebody who still has challenges that she has to face every day. I apologize that they have to face every day. I want you to hear me make mistakes and I want you to hear me correct myself. 
I want you to learn how easy it is to use the words they and them when speaking about another human being as opposed to she and him because not everybody identifies as she and he. Some people are they and them. Some are we. Some are simply I. Some simply choose to be identified by their name without a gender role. And that is okay. It is exciting for me to meet people who are androgynous, transgender, black, Chinese, Vietnamese, Japanese, Palestinian, Greek, Jamaican man. It is exciting for me to have conversations with people who grew up wealthy and poor and hungry and full. It is entertaining for me to hear their stories. And it is educating to me to be able to put their stories on the record so somebody can say that person spoke up. So somebody can say that person recorded this so that I would hear it so I can go do that. Miss Kadisha Thornhill, Miss Weed Wiki Speaks, has told me and put it on her own podcast. That the reason she started her podcast was because of me. Are you kidding me? She is older than me. She's wiser than me. She's not as funny as I am. Let's be honest. (laughs) But she is my inspiration. And she's telling me I inspired her. Miss Anya Nicole is telling me I'm her anchor. She's my anchor. Wally, Mr. Wookie, is telling me that I help him feel calm. He helps me feel calm. A white gay man from Seattle is helping a black woman heal her mental health issues. These are the people that I get to talk to. And I keep saying that I get to talk to them as if it's a surprise because I feel lucky and blessed and humbled and honored. I feel special that I get to be a part of their journey. I often look at my life like a map. I don't necessarily know where I'm going and I don't necessarily know how I'm going to get there. But the people that I meet upon this journey, the people that push me, inspire me, teach me and challenge me, that make me think about things in ways that I hadn't thought about before, that make me whisper, I want to be like you when I grow up. These people who did it differently, but not necessarily better who did it first, who are coming after me. They keep me alive. I think about suicide all the time. And every time I think about suicide, I think about all the things I won't get to do. I won't get to meet my bud sisters. I won't get to have Wally cook for me. I won't get to sit down and have Siren St. Sin do my makeup one day. Because they have it on point. Siren does beautiful makeup. I would love to look like Siren one day. There are all these wonderful, crazy adventures that happen when you are a human being on this planet. And some of them push you to the greatest depths of darkness. And when you come out from that darkness and you realize that you have survived, 
and you realize more importantly than surviving that you actually learned to create something that inspires other people, that pushes other people, that challenges other people, you start to understand what it means to become a human. And that is what I want season two to celebrate. I want it to, I want it to be a celebration, man. I want it to be an adventure and I'm excited to see what happens. Season two of Comfortably Uncomfortable Conversations is raw and funny and effervescent. It's uplifting. It's sad. It's curious. It's interesting. And it's being done in a way that no other human on this planet is doing it. There are a million podcasts out there. And the thing that makes podcasts so interesting is that everybody has a different take. This is mine, and I'm excited to share it with you. Welcome to Season 2 of Comfortably Uncomfortable Conversations. I am Devin J. Hall, and you can find me at Devin J. Hall on Twitter, Original LMBG on Facebook, LMBG Empire on Instagram, and at loudmouthbrowngirl.com.